welcome to The Why Behind the Buy, a podcast for marketers focused on finding and targeting their ideal customers at scale. I'm your host, Monique Ruiz, and for today's episode, we are deep diving into the Hispanic American population. As you know from listening to our earlier episodes, multicultural consumers represent the majority of the expected growth in the U.S. now and in the future. In fact, Hispanics are the second fastest growing population segment since 2000 and currently number over 19% of the total U.S. population. Here to chat with me about what exactly this means from an opportunity standpoint is multicultural expert Cesar Melgoza. I'll also be joined a little later in this episode by our special guest, Alex Garcia, EVP of Product and Business Development at Introvision, a leading global media company that reaches and engages Latinos across all acculturation levels. So let's get into it. Cesar, thanks for joining me on the Why Behind the Buy. Always a pleasure, Monique. We've had several discussions now about multicultural consumers, Hispanic Americans in particular. What are some common misconceptions about this group that you'd like to dispel once and for all with marketers? Well, Monique, there are a few, perhaps too many still in this day and age, but it also depends on which market segment and industry we're referring to. For example, marketers sometimes believe Hispanic consumers are downscale buyers, but that's not always true. For instance, in the grocery store, Hispanics often are upscale consumers when it comes to the products they tend to buy in larger quantities than the overall population. This would include fresh vegetables, premium meats, fish and poultry, and these types of products. This is primarily a cultural phenomenon. Another misconception is that somehow Hispanics live in a Latino bubble, so to speak. And what I mean by that is that All Hispanics speak at least some English. Mm -hmm. To assume that Hispanics speak only Spanish, as you'll often see in survey research, is a complete fallacy. That's why at Geoscape, we don't call our most Spanish-heavy consumers, we don't call them Spanish only. We call Mm -hmm. them Spanish-dependent because everybody speaks some degree of English. And it's actually a little offensive if you say that someone is Spanish only. Another uh, important uh, misconception is that Hispanic marketing does not equal marketing in Spanish. In other words, Spanish is certainly important to marketers, and they certainly should include Spanish language media within their media buys. However, the majority of Hispanics are actually bicultural. So they have the option of consuming media in English or Spanish because culture really transcends generations more so than language. And many of us want to retain those elements of our culture, and some of us reclaim them even if we grew up more English-speaking. So it's really a blended situation. It's not an either-or. So you had an article published on MediaPost's website back in March called We Vote for Brands Too. And in it, you highlighted some clear correlations between voters and their behaviors. I thought this was interesting because you don't necessarily see data presented this way from a viewer standpoint very often. And I think some of our marketers at home listening would find this especially valuable as they think about their future marketing 
campaigns around election time, for example. You know, 2020 is not that far away. But one of the connections you highlighted was around insurance provider choice. So GEICO seemed to be the preferred choice for Hispanics, African-Americans, and Asian AVID voters in contrast to Anglos. And then when you look at AVID, AVID Hispanic voters alone, they tend to choose Chase and Wells Fargo for their banking needs more so than Anglo voters. Why do you think that is? Are these companies doing something better that their competitors should maybe take note of? Well, the fun thing about research is discovering relationships that surprise you. So when we generated these cross tabs on the Geoscape platform, and by the way, Monique, I did this myself online and it was quick and easy. I didn't know what to expect when I went in and looked at this data. But as you state, we saw some clear relationship differences across banks and insurance companies when we compared AVID voters versus non-active voters. Now, Wells and Chase have been investing heavily in Hispanic marketing for quite some time. So has B of A and many other insurance companies. But one thing I learned years ago when Geoscape created a custom syndicated study focused on Hispanic preferences for insurance products and services is that Hispanics value the quality of service significantly more than they do price. In other Mm -hmm. words, if you have a better price, but your sales and marketing infrastructure is not ready to treat Hispanics the way they'd prefer to be treated, including culture and language fluency, then they may decide to pay a premium to get that service. It's in the relationship side of the equation, or what I refer to as the Platino rule, which, as you know, Platino is the word for platinum in Spanish. And for Latinos, treating them the way they wish to be treated, but also acknowledging cultural differences and language differences that they may have. And knowing that consumers tend to be loyal to their banks and insurance providers, is there opportunity for these industries to gain market share back from their competitors that already have these longstanding customers? Basically, should they even try? Yes, of course they must try. Unless they're not interested in tapping into the fastest growth market with nearly 20% of the American population and still climbing rapidly. And if they're not interested, they'd be advised to report that to their board of directors, because I'm sure they would want to know. But having the right product is a given. It's about how you reach out and welcome Hispanics to be your customer and doing this in a very genuine and thoughtful manner. If they haven't been able to achieve this, there are consultants in this space who would be happy to help get them up to speed. We'd be one of them. (laughs) Absolutely. So the recently released Hispanic American Market Report from Claritas shows the millennial population to be the most diverse of all. I don't think that's a total surprise to people, but I've heard you say before that the best way to create a loyal customer is to get them at a young age. What would be your top, maybe top three tips for marketers to keep their younger Hispanic consumers engaged and create long-lasting brand loyalty? Well, tip number one is look at and internalize the numbers. Hispanics are younger, they have more children, and in many segments, they are underserved, meaning that they are not specifically addressed by general market media campaigns, 
and sometimes aren't engaged in a buying relationship within certain industries like financial services. Because Hispanics are younger and underserved, they represent disproportionate growth. And this should be visualized over a lifetime, not just next year's campaigns. And tip number two, I would say, is to go beyond Spanish language media. Most Hispanics are bicultural. And when you reach out to them in English, on English language media, whether it's in English, in Spanish, or in Spanglish, you'll surprise them in a pleasant way and certainly catch their attention. Of course, you'll need to do this in a way that is tasteful and you got to get the creative right. But this is totally possible. There are many talented Hispanic marketing and advertising agencies that can help you achieve this. Tip number three, I would say, should be obvious, but it's not to many marketing executives. And that is, when you think of Hispanics, think digital media. Yes, mm -hmm. digital. For many years, Hispanics have over-indexed for social media use and mobile. Remember, they're younger and culturally more social, especially when it comes to family and remaining connected with family. And there are larger families. So let's keep the conversation going about financial behaviors. I want to get more into what Hispanic households spend their disposable income on, since that's part of what the report goes into. First, how do they compare to the average U.S. household? Well, there are numerous categories, and they usually correlate to larger household size. For example, apparel. When you have more kids, and as we know, kids outgrow their clothes very quickly, those less acculturated visit their home more often, so there's an opportunity to develop the international travel segment further. So there are some segments that are already developed, but there are others that could be developed, like, for example, financial services. And financial services, Hispanics tend to be underserved, partly because they haven't been engaged through marketing campaigns, and partly because they need to learn more about what do they need to know about financial management, about insurance, about investment, about their banking relationships. Frankly, there's a very large unmet need there and a lot of opportunity for companies to come in and develop that market and be leaders with the fastest growing large segment, which is Hispanics in the United States. And speaking of reaching Hispanic consumers as a financial or maybe an insurance company, let's say, social media, how can financial inst institutions and insurance companies use digital channels like this to their advantage when they're trying to reach their Hispanic consumers? Well, Mooney, Claritas has a wealth of robust targeting data across all consumer segments and certainly the most diverse array of techniques and data for reaching Hispanics through digital channels. This has to do with linking the Hispanicity segmentation system with all of the other behavioral and model data that Claritas and his data partners possess. And this ranges from location-based techniques within the store, within the shopping center, within a defined geographic area, to reach them at home also with their IP address, to reaching them on specific devices coded to a particular segment that the individual who owns the device may belong to. So there is a veritable plethora of methods for pointing your campaign in just the right segment 
the right time and place mm -hmm. with messages that will resonate and engage them, hopefully turning them into loyal clients over a long period of time. I agree. And I think now is as good a time as ever to take a quick commercial break, but make sure you stick around because when we come back, we're going to have a special guest with us who's going to give us some real examples of how some companies are actually winning big with their current Hispanic American customers. In today's episode, you've heard Caesar and I reference the Hispanic American Market Report. This is the second report of the Claritas New American Mainstream series, and in it, we go into detail about the Hispanic population growth, household income, and cumulative lifetime spending within key categories. Access a free copy of this report to help jumpstart or continue your quest to understand how to effectively market to the Hispanic American population by visiting www.claritas.com. All right, so we are back from our commercial break, and we are joined by Alex Garcia, EVP of Product and Business Development at IntraVision. I know you're calling in from the road today, Alex, so thank you for making the time to join us on the Why Behind the Buy podcast. Thank you so much for the invitation, Monique. Excellent. So before we get in too far in this podcast, can you tell us a little bit more about IntraVision and your role in particular with the company? Sure. Entrovision is a media company, and I would say a solutions company, best defined. We uh, have television stations and radio stations across the U.S., and we also have a digital ad stack solution, but all of our business focuses primarily on Hispanics. Okay. So we, we're, I think, uniquely positioned to reach Hispanics just based on our location. And we also are Univision's largest affiliate when it comes to television. So um, yeah, that's Entrovision on a show. Myself and my role is I carry the content and the marketing teams forward and focus on, on bringing solutions to our clients or, or media clients that, that want to advertise with us. Excellent. So like you just said, IntraVision not only operates in the U.S., but Mexico and other parts of Latin America, right? So meaning you have a wide reach in terms of the markets that you serve. So have you ever received any feedback from your viewers or listeners that they actually actively seek out your station when, let's say, they're traveling to some of the other markets that you serve? If so, do you have any anecdotes you might be able to share with us? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you mention it because we are continuously looking on how to amplify our business. And we, we have relationships that allow our audience to tap into our, our radio signals. And not only that, we've, we've also expanded our business into podcasting. So we have you know, two original podcasts with original content. And we distribute that, obviously, without any borders. Um, and, and to add to that... I think the second part of your question is, you know, the, the anecdote of people listening to our content. It, it happens. Uh, we have a one of our podcasts, which is, I, I believe, our biggest podcast today with over, you know, 500,000 or you know, half a million uh, streams per month. Wow. Is, yeah, it, it's, it's our repurposed podcast of a radio show. So we took one of our radio shows, repurposed it for, for podcast. We have a lot of people that are you know, that are picking up these podcasts, and I, I'm in Chicago today, and we see a lot of people from Chicago listening to our show. Uh, we have a lot of people from the Texas area, Dallas, and Houston, where we don't have radio coverage, and and they're they're tuning into the podcast. Mm. Not only that, it, it seems like we have a lot of people that are 
either servicemen or that are in the armed forces that are also listening to our podcast. So uh, it, it's a very unique way that we're, we're uh, reaching our audiences compared to a couple of years ago. Right, right. Really cool. Yeah. That's, I, I like to hear stories like that. <laughs> so do we. So another question for you. I saw a press release on your website that Intervision recently renewed an agreement with the NFL to be the official NFL Spanish language radio broadcaster for Sunday night football through the 2020 season. So first off, congratulations on that. Thank you so much. And second, this sparks some thoughts on something I know that you've run into and we here at Claritas have certainly run into before, and that's whether or not Spanish language media, quote unquote, makes sense. So I think it's fair to say in this case that since you have renewed this agreement, that there's definitely an appetite amongst your consumers for in-language access to football, for example. But what are your thoughts on a wider scale? Is there ever a need to prove the value of Spanish language media? Uh, you know, great question. There is an appetite, a huge appetite for Spanish language media. Mm-hmm. That's without say. I mean, I, just thinking about the amount of immigrants that come into the country every single year and the amount of children that Hispanics are having. Right. First generation, second generation. And I'll, I'll give you a brief example. I am a first generation immigrant. I came to the United States when I was six years old. My dad is American. My mother is, is Mexican. And I basically learned English when I was uh, when I was six. It's not my native language. Mm-hmm. And, and today, you find so many people with these examples, you know, uh, this, the same or, or similar background that come to this country, and you know, you 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 learn the the language, you speak like a native-born U.S. citizen, and but you still have this big part of your identity is from another country. And your, the primary language is, is Spanish. I, it, the reality is, is that it, we have such a deep-rooted connection to the language that ultimately you find some type of connection or deep-rooted connection to the content that 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 speaks to you in the right way. You're you hit the nail on the head. You know, there's obviously other factors that you have to take into consideration. Just simply advertising in Spanish doesn't automatically guarantee a new audience, but in a lot of cases, it's important and it will open doors for you and it will get you to a broader audience. So it's important to consider the factors that uh, make sense, but don't limit yourself. And just to add to that, I think, you know, Hispanics, there aren't, there isn't one true, it's not a vanilla type of situation for Hispanics. Like if you speak in Spanish to to any Hispanic, it's not going to guarantee anything. And, you know, we come in so many flavors, sizes, and and different accents. And the reality is that it's not about you know, hitting a certain type of nuance. It's really about speaking with a genuine voice. And that's what Entrovision can really do. So what are you most excited about with the future of the Hispanic market in the U.S. and Entrovision, for example? The biggest opportunity, I think, is for growth. Right. I mean, obviously, all of us are tasked with some growth or another, maybe rating sales, but the potential for growth for Intervision is huge. We have so many audiences that we don't reach yet. And I, on, on the digital front, it's really huge. Obviously on the podcast front, we will, we have two today, which are successful. One with um, the celebrated actress from Kate Del Castillo, 
was a huge Shell star. And today we have a podcast with her called Metiando. And it also features a, a TV personality called Jessica Maldonado. So we're really ex- excited yeah. about creating shows like this and, and growing our, our digital audio footprint. But what really most excites me, I think, is the fact that multicultural is, mm-hmm. again, uh, at, at the top of CMO's minds and at the top of agency minds because it really it has not culminated how it has to. And I believe that once we, obviously we'll never reach the, the, the same level as general market, but as the Hispanic audience grows across this country, there's going to be a real necessity for brands to take a different approach into, well, you know, am I reaching and really ask themselves, am, am I reaching everybody that I need to reach with my general market campaign or okay. with my, my usual way of operating? Uh, and the, the modest operandi, has to has to change and i think introvision is one of those companies that's going to drive that change i agree i'm excited to see what you guys have coming out in the future <laughs> uh, thank you so much yes i, I I'll, I'll give you a call and let you know <laughs> excellent but i have one more question before we let you go today so sure. what advice would you give to marketers looking to expand their reach to include hispanic consumers whether it's a new demographic for them or they're trying to grow that demographic i i would say it's fairly easy uh, give me a call <laughs> and and we can talk about it. But it, it the other, I think, is reach out to experts in the field. Uh, there are so many companies besides Entrovision that are experts in speaking to Hispanic on the digital broadcast or even, you know, whatever media that you could think of. So, Alex, thank you so much for being here today and joining us on the Why Behind the Buy, especially since you're on the road. So for anyone who's listening at home, where can they find out more about Entrovision? Sure. They can go to www.entrovision.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn, find us on as Entrovision Communications. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'll be glad to jump on a call if, if anybody has a question regarding Entrovision to teach them how to reach Hispanic audiences. And Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So, Caesar, we're back and we've done a lot of podcasts together at this point. I'm curious, what do you think the, the future of marketing looks like when ethnic lines are blurred and today's majority becomes the minority and vice versa? How should and will marketing change? Well, there's so many ways that, that things are changing, you know, even in our lifetime, even within the last few years, right? So think about ride sharing and how that's changed. And a lot of it is generational, right? I'll tell you a little story about my wonderful daughter. I have two beautiful daughters who I love very much. And we were talking in the cars. We usually do having great conversations. And my 13-year-old was talking about the car that she would be driving when she's able to drive. And my 11-year-old said, I'm not going to get a car. I'm just going to take Lyft or Uber. I don't need a car. (laughs) And so this is an example of how people who are running major corporations are not quite getting it. They need a wake-up call. And this also applies to the cultural shift as well. Younger generations think much differently than older generations, and that rate of change is accelerating. And one of the things that's happening is that America has become much more diverse Many countries are becoming more diverse. And if you go to Europe, 
basically just about every country is extremely diverse. The population growth right. is happening from other areas. So that diversity needs to be understood and it needs to be served in culture because that is where your customers are coming from. And in that case, marketers need to embrace that. And so I would emphasize that when they do that, they're going to make their shareholders much happier. Well, Caesar, it's been a pleasure. I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom with us. But unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today. All right, Monique. It's always a pleasure. And as always, thank you at home and on the go for downloading and listening to today's episode of The Why Behind the Buy. And thank you to our special guests. I love that I get to be surrounded by subject matter experts each episode, and I know our listeners appreciate those insights as well. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Rate us five stars on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a positive comment. If you liked what you heard today and want to learn more, visit www.claritas.com and join us again next month for a brand new episode. 